I saw your mom commented. <laughs> I went, did she did she listen? I don't know. Could she have? And then I actually asked her. She goes, I did listen and thought you needed to give more details. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler got in trouble. <laughs> Dude, I got in trouble for getting in trouble. So and she goes, I feel like you really should have explained that, you know, the only thing we could have taken away from you that was going to affect you at all was church stuff. And I said, I know, I agree. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show, Boy Meets World. I am one of your dads, dad number one this week, Tyler. And I'm dad number two, Brett. That's number two, not number two. Yes. Uh, Brett, uh, we got an interesting episode for us to talk about today, The Uninvited. But before we get there, <laughs> I got to ask, uh, what's new? What's going on in your life? Well, uh, let's. what is new this week? Uh, the family's actually healthy this week, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, no sickness, no injuries. Uh, all three kids are happy, hale, and hearty, and uh, we're getting ready for... The youngest, Asher, has a performance coming up. They're all getting ready for spring break next week. So that is going to be an interesting week for them because Kelly and I both have to work. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to get a lot of free time around the house next week. It's the worst when you become a real adult and you go, but wait, we should have this time off. It's spring break or <laughs> winter break or whatever. Like, nope, you got to work. Yeah. But just kick off spring break. Asher's birthday. He's going to be nine this Saturday. And uh, that's not possible. Oh, it is. <laughs> He'll be nine <laughs> years old this Saturday as we're recording the day after this episode will drop. And. Yeah. So happy birthday, Asher. And every year his elementary school rents out our local natatorium. And if you're not familiar with what a natatorium is, think a high-end YMCA, pool, basketball courts, extra rooms, gym, running track around the whole building. Really, really, really nice place. Well, every year his elementary school rents it out for a family night. Well, this year it just happens to fall on his birthday. So family night this year, his school is throwing him a birthday party. <laughs> so what's going on with uh, with you guys over there at your place there, Tyler? I don't even want to talk about it, honestly. <laughs> Here's the thing. I knew having another kid meant more possibilities of getting sick mm-hmm. and it just hitting us all. But just watching as a sickness hit Henry and then it hit my wife and I on the same day and then the next day it hit my older son. Just ridiculous uh, of how much these sicknesses just hit us and hit us hard and you know, like we sucked it up and dealt with it over the past couple of days. And, you know, uh, Sarah was a trooper, went to work, even though she still was feeling it really bad Monday. Mm-hmm. And I stayed home with both the kids. And it's just you hate seeing your kids suffering and being sick. And 
it's even worse when you also feel that same anguish and sickness and no one feels bad for you because you're the parent. You got to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you're not allowed to have dad flu. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like on Sunday, we were like, okay, let's trade on and off. Like you get to go sleep now and take care of your sickness. Then I'm going to go sleep. Like we were both like on the couch and just being like, we're having a resting day. (laughs) We're like, we're not doing anything. We just can't. So yeah, getting hit with some sickness. Uh, It's going to be real interesting podcast episode because I can feel that my brain just doesn't really want to operate whatsoever. So let's uh, see what happens and see how much editing uh, Brett has to do for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this could be fun. This could be frightening so good people good looking people out there uh let's start off with our synopsis because we're looking at episode number five the uninvited it's the first party of the school year it's getting nearer and nearer and Corey's reputation hangs in the balance over whether or not he'll be invited by the way I didn't write this synopsis. I'm just trying to make it more dramatic. Corey is relieved when he finally does score an invite, but is shocked when Sean does not. This episode was written by Susan Estelle Jansen, directed by David Trainer, and originally aired on October 21st, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.8. Well, we start this episode off kind of interestingly, I think, because no Corey, no Eric. It's just Alan and Amy in the yeah, kitchen. This is the first one I can remember where we really get to start off with the parents. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they're trying to get the other ones going or moving in the morning. It's just the two of them are there going through the mail and talking and being annoyed mm-hmm. and frustrated. and Because <laughs> Alan's got all these old dude catalogs in the mail. <laughs> Yes. Getting all these uh, old man catalogs. Doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Getting coupons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't write down the names of these catalogs, but they're definitely TV catalog titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, one of them is not, but we don't need to get into that one. I just thought it was funny. I did like when he <laughs> they're joking around about how they're not getting old. And he goes, I don't know. I might be 46 diapers for twenty nine. <laughs> oh, the depends. Oh, yes. There's a picture of a guy water skiing in them. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you and Kelly ever have those conversations of like, yes, honey, we'll agree. I am aging, but you're not aging. Well, we both agree that we're aging, Uh, (laughs) especially, um, and you know, she'll never listen to this. So I can, I can share Kelly's eyes have always been worse than mine, but she recently had her annual vision checkup and she now has a prescription for bifocals. So, Oh boy. Uh, well, she has a prescription for it. She does not have the lenses <laughs> because she's at that, that line where she could get them fitted she could just keep going and just grab some readers for really close-up stuff but she has that prescription that she could use 
I'm probably not all that far behind, but like I said, her eyes have always been worse, and I'm sure we'll talk about other aging elements in a, a couple minutes when Alan mm-hmm. has his issue. But yeah, we do. Uh, yes. We do talk about that. Because <laughs> one of the things that her and I always talked about is she'd look at me and be like, huh, my eyes are almost as bad as your mom's. <laughs> I go, okay, well, my mom cannot see for anything, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've had glasses since I was 12 and like my prescription has slowly over almost, oh gosh, 20 years now gotten worse. But it's like every couple of years I'll get a little bit more. But my eyesight still is not as bad as it was whenever I met you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I've had glasses since at least second grade, I believe. Um Mm-hmm. I could probably see well enough to drive, but I could not tell you what roads were. I couldn't tell you what was written on the road signs if I was looking for a place. <laughs> That's fair. Now, in an emergency, I could, but I've got no idea. Everything would just be blurry, but I could tell what's <laughs> a car and what's not a car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. That's all that counts. A deer. <laughs> no, that was a dog. <laughs> Well, it's all the same around here. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I have to be careful because my wife is in the other room. But when we met, uh, she was two years older than me. And now... Now she's um, four years older? She, it, no, now she is 29 and that's where she will stay. Oh, now you're two years older. <laughs> yes, I'm 31, and uh, it's been made very clear that she is 29, and anytime and we talk about her age, I just go, well, you're 29, and she goes, yeah, yeah, I am. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'll even say it, like, even, like, I'm in my 30s now, and I'll just, like, I'll stand up and do something, and I'll walk around and be like, gosh, why am I hurting? And I'm like, ah, oh, like, I am just feeling my age today. <laughs> like, I... I, this weekend, before I got sick, I like got up uh, with my wife and son for the feeding, and I was just stayed up because by the time they got done, I was like, ah, by the time I go back to bed, by the time I wake up all draggy, I've wasted the morning, so I might as well be <laughs> productive now. <laughs> Well, I've I've got the I've got the clip here of of Alan uh, when the boys come in the kitchen. Yes, I think we should we should we should probably get get a move I, on. I it. think <laughs> this will give some color to the whole reason we're getting to this discussion about aging. This couldn't be a oh fear of aging thing, could it? Oh no, because I'm not aging. Neither am I. <laughs> Dudes, where are you guys off to? We're gonna shoot some hoops. You want some actual competition? Yeah, who do you know? <laughs> You'd be funny like that with a basketball stuck in your mouth? Ooh. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Listen, would you do me a favor and call these people and get me off this old fogies mailing list while I play a little b-ball with my homies? <laughs> Honey, what are you doing? Nothing. What's wrong? I can't move. Am I the only one not moving? All right, I'm going to call the doctor. I think you threw your back out. Oh, no, no. Never throw my back out. I'm too young to throw my back out. I got to play some beatball with my homies. 
Am I outside yet? I, I we're not even out of the cold open. I mean, officially after this, we're out of the cold open. But I, I found myself as I was watching this, I found myself in Alan's shoes completely because not that I have ever had sought out high potency vitamin E, but mm-hmm. um, I I have thrown my back out twice in my life. I'm 40. I make jokes now that if I sneeze, I could throw it out. Uh, now, granted, Alan's first time throwing his back out, he threw some magazines on the table. My first time throwing it out, I was lifting uh, a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did a little bit more than Alan did. But uh, it's it's painful. Um, I was laid up for day and a half, two days. Muscle relaxers were a good friend um, <laughs> and painkillers. But uh, it's definitely a, a mark from one stage of life to the next. And I, I didn't uh-huh. fight against aging as much as Alan seems to in this episode, but I, I was definitely in his shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean... It- even in my young 20s, I pulled a muscle in my back. And basically what the doctor told me was is that there's just so many muscles back there that if you pull one, all of them are just inflamed and are working over. And mm-hmm. there's no way of fixing it besides just rest and taking some muscle relaxers. And eventually they'll ease and you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's I think that's enough of old men rail against the world. What are Sean and Corey up to? <laughs> well, they're wondering about uh, makeup parties. Ooh, I've got Mr. Feeney intercepting some letters. Want to hear them? Mm, very nice. These just in. Miss <laughs> Wilder wants to know what Miss Harrington thinks she should wear to her party. Miss Harrington wants to know what makes Miss Wilder think she's even invited. I'm not invited. We'll just see. Okay. Mr. Matthews wants to know is this going to be a makeup party? Well, sure, Corey. You can borrow my lip gloss. Out! Not up! I'll make out party! Ah, so it is. <laughs> Mr. Matthews wants to know if this is going to be a make-out party. <laughs> Not for him. <laughs> oh, Sean. I don't know if I'm ready for the soapbox yet, but just this whole about getting invited to the cool kids party and whatnot, just... I'm not ready for it. Let's just let's just we'll, keep we'll moving push forward. That soap <laughs> let, let me let me give a little background on the two actresses here. Uh, we'll we'll plug that yes, in here. Please do. Um, we've got uh, Melissa John Stewart. Uh, Melissa, sorry, Melissa is uh, played by Jonah Stewart Bowden. Uh, this is her first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. Uh, she has 16 acting credits to her name, none since 1999. Uh, you might have caught her in Ladybugs, Beverly Hills 90210, Young Hercules, or Pacific Blue. Melissa, of course, would be It's Her Party. Jennifer, 
is played by Jessica Bowman. Uh, this is also her only appearance in Boy Meets World. She also has 16 acting credits to her name, has not acted since 2011. Career largely in TV, guest spots on NYPD Blue, Baywatch, uh, movie roles in Joyride and Derailed. But her biggest role was as the character Colleen Cooper in 88 episodes of Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Hmm, interesting. Yes. So I guess we should go back for a moment. Feeney is trying to teach class and people are passing notes. Uh, I don't know if kids actually pass <laughs> notes anymore because a lot of them just have laptops out and they're just kind of messaging each other constantly. Either that or texting, I'm sure. Um, that was my experience as, as a substitute of just watching all these kids on computers, knowing that they're emailing each other and messaging each other. Mm-hmm. And these these students in Feeney's class were not ra- they they weren't very sneaky about hiding that they were passing notes at all either. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. And I don't get that because I remember passing notes in high school and middle school and you had to do it when the teacher wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Now, they, they probably could have gotten away with them while he was in the corner of the classroom, but they were just really bold with it. <laughs> Yeah. Also, this is the first time we're in Mr. Feeney's classroom as a uh, middle school teacher. So it is. So welcome to Feeney's classroom and clearly history teacher. (laughs) Of course, history. But again, this is the thing I like about us now being in that middle school, high school range is his focus is straight on history and helping them to understand the world through the lens of history Mm -hmm. and Turner can help them understand the world through literature. The problem I kept having last season was that Feeney was all over the place. We had no idea where, (laughs) what type of classroom we were in, what we were doing, but it's always history now with Feeney unless Mm -hmm. he's teaching, uh, I don't know. Insert any random elective class that somehow Feeney's teaching later on. Scuba. <laughs> Scuba duba. I walked Something into that one. Under boat Andy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, we're, we're, we're seeing that Corey's truly in high school slash middle school because the cool girls are rude, obnoxious, and are like the girls that Eric is interested in. Of course. It's it's a makeup party. He can borrow the lip gloss and his embarrassment is just so palpable. He hides his head like a turtle would. And then he and Sean are out in the hall and he's worried that uh, everyone's going to remember. This is high school. Too much going on to remember anything. I think Sean's a little bit uh, optimistic with that sentence. <laughs> He is, but I also like that we're starting to see that Sean is relaxed at school. He really is. He's not he's not worried about grades, he's not worried about a whole lot of things, and even at this point when it comes to girls, he's much more relaxed about them. Sean has found himself. He he knows yes. who he is and he is comfortable in his own skin. Yes, but then we run into an old friend. <laughs> Harley, Harley Kiner. <laughs> yes, it's been a few episodes, but uh, we pick up right where we left off with him, and we feel like we haven't missed him at all. Yes, because Corey sat in Harley's uh, chair in the cafeteria last Friday, but Corey didn't know. 
Hey, everybody knows that's Holly's chair. Everybody knows it's always been Holly's chair and it's always gonna be Holly's chair every year that he's a senior. Ain't that right, Frankie? What are you saying? I like my sister? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have a very close family. Hey, where are you going? I want to call home. Uh, it's going to take a hot minute to really get the uh, Frankie, Joey uh, situated. But it do will. you like how <laughs> at this point in season two, like Har- Harley and his cronies are kind of like sharks that just every now and then swim just a little bit closer and closer to Corey. And it's like just every now and then he also, they swim kind of further away and he doesn't have to worry about them. But in the moment yeah. they smell a little bit of blood, they're right on top of them. They, they do seem to have that ability in them. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it just, Joey is, <laughs> You remember those three sharks from Finding Nemo? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can superimpose them over these three. For, I just I see them at times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If we don't make merch with sharks of Joey and Frankie and Harley. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. It's in the bank. <laughs> It's in it's in the memory bank. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, we're kind of, kind of continuing that storyline of you know Joey Joey's saying things and Frankie. It's almost like he doesn't hear him, and all of a sudden he looks at him. He goes, "Wait, are you saying this?" Frankie's clearly pre- preoccupied. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, we'll learn later on. Frankie is a deep soul, and he's he very much. He, he thinks poetically. He's very interested in learning, but just a lot of people only see him as the enforcer, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Frank so, is, is the, the very much the gentle giant. We just don't know it yet, uh, which is mm-hmm. rather interesting to me since uh, later on he'll he'll mention writing poetry, which really makes me pause about some of these other asides. I know I know they're just mm-hmm. writers throwing a joke in there, but. <laughs> Makes me think. Well, I mean, I like my sister. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. That's always confusing of like th- weird things that aren't like that. I don't know. It just feels like it's just a joke to say a joke. But like when you are a close family, like you're just close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think people are get weirded out by how you interact with your family because they're not used to how you interact with your family. But I just think that Frankie's sensitive and Joey talks too much, probably. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes, but Harley is continuing his uh, tormenting of Corey. I look at your face. I don't want to hit it. Yes, uh, Harley kind of sees other kids that he needs to go bully, so he goes and picks on them instead. Then we go to Corey and Sean being in the hallway, and they're passing out the uh, the oh, invites. The invites to the party, and it's just so... Uh, Corey's, Corey is just so whiny, and he's so in his head and neurotic about... He's very much the polar opposite of Sean. He is so concerned about what uh-huh. other people think about him, and... And wanting to be cool and liked by everyone. And this is a very over-the-top, over-dramatized storybook, slow motion. 
here's your invite. You don't get an invite. And Corey oh. gets an invite. The music swells. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He's just over the top excited. But just because he got invited doesn't mean Sean got invited. He did not. He did not get an invite. And uh, Sean hides his, his hurt pretty well. I mean... He's hurt mm-hmm. by it, but he, he does hide it pretty well. Well, I think Sean is the type of guy who he's not worried about if he's actually going to get invited or not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change his mindset on who he is. So he's not overthinking it like Corey is. Right. I mean, he's he's a, he wants Corey to ask. I mean, he admits it, but mm-hmm. he's not going to beg him to. He's not going to tell him to go ask, but... Yeah, yeah, and he even Corey even tries to go at this. Says, "I think you made a mistake. Uh, I'm invited, but Sean's not." Like, nope, no mistake. Yeah. You're invited. He's uh, not. Yeah, and I like the I like the fun little interplay when he comes back over to Sean here. From what I gather, in the last three seconds, everything in the world has changed. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not sure. I mean, Sean, you're much cooler than I am. At least I thought you were. Trust me, I am. Then how come I got invited and you didn't? So I really didn't get invited. Unless it's a big surprise party for you. I guess it's just one of those high school mysteries. Like how Janitor Bud lost his eye. Well, what are we going to do? You're going to go to their party. I'm not going to a party that you're not invited to. Oh, don't sweat it, Corey. I'll go grab a burger at Chubb's. No, you won't. And why won't I? Because I'm cool now, which means I run with a very influential crowd, which means all I do is pick up this telephone, pull a few strings, and get you invited to the party. Who are you going to call? Well, normally I'd call you. Now, see, Corey thinks that the, the roles have shifted a little bit, but they really haven't. No, and... And Sean knows that. Like, Sean just mostly is curious of, like, how come I wasn't invited? I am cool. Mm-hmm. And Corey is just, I don't know. He's, it's almost like his head is inflated just a little too much. Oh, yes. It it really is. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's like, when, you know, I now have, <laughs> I now have influence. All I do is call somebody. I pick call? up this well, phone normally and I, I call you. Calls. <laughs> I mean, come on. When he got the invite, his response was, are high school gods and class we don't need no stinking class <laughs> those were his responses yeah. <laughs> yeah but i like how sean makes it clear of well, i mean hey i'll get a burger at chubby's like that'll be my friday or saturday night so yeah he doesn't need a party he's gonna go to chubby's he's gonna do his thing mm-hmm. now i'll just ask this was it normal in your day for for random high school party to give invitations honestly probably not i remember i was homeschooled in high school so we really didn't do you know parties but i mean i i i I did go to youth group in high school but we didn't really do parties per se I mean, even for a right. birthday party, it was just, hey, we're doing a party. Just come over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, growing up in well, the same time I'm in now, Corey, um, we just most often parties were bonfires or birthday parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
it wasn't that uncommon to just text people and be like, hey, having a bonfire. Hey, having people over. You want to come mm-hmm. over? Or like in my case, I had neighbors that I was close enough to that I'd be like, oh, they have a fire. I'm just going to walk over, see how they're doing. And, you know, oftentimes if I did that, they'd be like, hey, pull up a chair and hang out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was a party with a group of friends, you know, we just we'd tell each other we wanted to hang out. But if, I mean, if it was a party where it was open, it was just, you know, the information of where and when was publicized and whoever showed up, showed up. Right. Well, it's also that thing about like giving invitations to a party. That's not a birthday party. That's supposed to happen either that night or the next night, even like how much time are you actually giving people to come? It's it's a and very make plans for it. It's a very TV conceit and a very dated conceit that honestly outside of certain regions didn't really last long into the 90s. Right. Well, and it it is that thing about people who are writing the shows for the kids are way too far away from what is actually happening pop culture in school so mm-hmm. it's why i get typically annoyed when i see that uh, even in modern day shows the football players are giant jocks that rule the school and they can't do anything wrong even if the football team is bad <laughs> and i'm like Clearly, you didn't go to my high school where even if you were a football player, you would still get in trouble and were expected to be better than (laughs) our football. And to not make dumb choices. (laughs) The football team at our school doesn't doesn't rule the school. They win like one game a year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just it's such a 80s trope that it just drives me crazy when I still see it nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, we're in the cafeteria, and uh, I clipped Corey's conversation with Mr. Turner after they abused the uh, soda machine. Nice little Bonnie moment there, but it's all visual. So if you haven't watched the episode, first of all, why are you listening to the podcast before the episode? Go watch the episode. What are you doing? We're ruining it for you. (laughs) First of all, go watch the episode. Pause this. Go watch the episode. Come back. But after after Mr. Turner and Corey bond by abusing the soda machine, they have this little interaction that's uh, just a fantastic interaction. So how do you think I'm doing so far? You teach English pretty good, and I guess that may come in handy somewhere down the line. It's muy importante. But what's more important is what to do when you get invited to a party and a friend doesn't. How good a friend? Your best friend. How good a party? The best. What'll happen if you go to the party without your friend? He says he won't mind. You believe him? I want to believe him. Because you want to go to the party? Yeah. Sounds to me like you've already made up your mind. What do you need advice from me for? Look, you're new here, so you wouldn't know this, but I never really actually thought of myself as cool before. You never did. No. So now that people are saying I am, it kind of makes me feel good, you know? Well, you should feel good, Matthews. You just don't get carried away by what other people think. Of course not. Why not? Because that wouldn't be cool. I really like that interaction because Mr. Turner just boils it all down into exactly what Corey needs to hear. Mm-hmm. The question is, and just like he has in just about every episode previous gives him exactly what he needs to know to make the decision he needs to make. He's not telling him what to do, just telling him Mm -hmm. what he needs to know. It's giving him the understanding of just, hey, you may want my opinion, but my opinion is you need to think about this more. Yeah. 
And I have and to what say, what this means for you? I have to say, I think our uh, special guest from last week probably would have cringed very much at Corey's response to, "You teach English pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will say I I wanted us to be able to talk about this, but I really enjoyed last week's episode of just um, the back and forth we were able to get with her and her uh, our teacher extraordinaire uh, correspondent. Um, yes, indeed. So. I was quite happy that she was able to come on and help us out a little bit. Love to have her back. We'll see if she hears this and she'll know whether or not we talked Indeed. about her. So good looking people out there. If you enjoyed having Sarah on, let us know. Yeah. Again, if you've heard someone on this podcast before and you want to hear them again, or you want a different opinion or a different take, <laughs> let us know. Cause we'll, we are more than willing to get other people's takes besides just our two dad opinions. That's right. So Corey abuses the soda machine again and gets detention from Mr. Feeney. Yeah, Mr. Feeney's quick to that detention. <laughs> he is. He keeps detention, the Mr. Matthews. Quote unquote evidence. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we go to the living room where we find uh, Alan Matthews laying on the couch because he's a sad, old, pathetic old man. I think this is where the um, uh, man flu myth started. (laughs) I'm just going to say, it's not a myth, it's real. It just is what it is. Now, I call it a myth because, I mean, uh, anecdotal evidence, but... I myself don't lay around whining when I get sick with a cold. And, and you know, anyone can call and ask my wife. I push through pretty much any sickness I have until I absolutely can't. I, at one point, was sick with uh, swine flu. And while was in the midst of the worst of it, had my wife come I was sick in the basement, staying away from everyone else. She came to the basement window, knocked on the door, on the window, to wake me up to come up into the house to catch a bat because it was flying around the house. And me in the midst of swine flu <laughs> had to go get a bat out of the house. I, I myself, I, 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 it's a point of pride. I don't like to go to the doctor when I'm sick. I like to try to tough it out. I like to not have to lean on that unless I absolutely have to. So I like to, I mean, yes, I know there are wusses out there, but I, I like to, I, I don't give in to the man flu myth. <laughs> Yeah. See, you're the other edge of that uh, very sharp point, my friend, in that you will drive yourself to the point of your body shuts down. (laughs) And I remember that time period that I went from talking to you almost on an every other day occurrence to did Brett just like fall off the face of the earth? What happened? Like texting you multiple times of the day, like, um, are you okay? Like, where'd you go? Like, are you still in town? Like, I go by your house, I see your vehicles are there. <laughs> like, are you alive? There there are some drawbacks to that, yes. I have learned a little more balance in the time since, but uh but this this is a point where I, I do depart from Alan. I I said earlier, I was really relating to Alan when he threw us back out. I depart ways from Alan some with how he deals with his back. I I was not quite like this with Alan. Well, and there's very much a possibility that Alan's feeling a bit of 
depression, I would say. He is. He's he's basically facing his own mortality. He's never really mm-hmm. up to this point. I mean, he's always been kind of a jock. Uh, he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. played baseball with both his kids. You know, we'll see throughout the rest of the run of the series. He, uh, he was a do... boxing champion in the Navy. He was. <laughs> he was second best in the entire Navy. Um, entire you know, he... Navy. That's right. <laughs> He always does the athletic stuff with Eric. You know, he's he's basically he's he's kind of like a man's man. They do camping, they do mm-hmm. fishing, all, all this type of stuff. And he's well, probably and they, they describe him as well of he's constantly on his feet. He is constantly doing mm-hmm. stuff at work. So he's he's not even a manager who goes in, sits at a desk and manages. You know, he is on the front lines with his people. Yeah, so I mean, this probably outside of, I mean, unless he was in really frontline action during the Navy, I'm assuming based on when he would have served, he was probably just a lot of hurry up and wait type of action. This is probably his first real brush with mortality, having to realize that, oh, yeah, your body's starting to break down. So it is it is effectively his first real brush with mortality. So I do have to give him that. Yeah. So uh, Feeney comes in, though, uh, trying to encourage him to get up and go do a little workout with him at the health club for health. <laughs> and that doesn't work. And Feeney's last ditch effort. You're a disgrace to all men. <laughs> Throw some dirt on him and <laughs> plant some flowers. Yeah, I just, I was like, he says, I get a $50 for each referral. So (laughs) is he even trying to do it for Alan? No, he just thought he could get some money (laughs) off of him. Because again, Feeney is willing to get a good scam in. (laughs) Yeah, he appreciates a a good little scam. I'm just an educator. (laughs) Yeah. And we get a, you know, we get. A little bit of uh, ABC, TGIF, little sneak in, uh, hashtag Nick Nick cut when Corey comes in and Amy's trying to help Alan up and Corey's like, mom, dad, it's yes. not even dark yet. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I was looking at the lines and I go, why are they going, ooh, no, please, yeah. I'll go, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, and Corey... Getting uh, that, uh, we're getting older <laughs> phase. Yep, Corey knows what sex is. Oops. <laughs> yeah. He tells them that they're going to go to a party, and uh, Mom's going to take him there, and Dad's going to get ready to get going, and he's going to pick him up. In five hours, because he's leaving now. <laughs> yes. That was a good joke. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like uh, up in the bedroom, he's getting ready. And I clipped this little interaction with him and Eric. Um, so I'm going to play that for you now. What, are you crazy? You swallowed that? I'm taking no chances tonight. I want the stuff in my stomach on reserve. Why? Because I'm going to a makeout party. If I burp, minty fresh. <laughs> okay. I guess if you think about it, it makes sense. Hey, where's my deodorant? In my pants. You're sick. <laughs> I'm cool. Since when? Since Melissa Harrington invited me to her party. Who's Melissa Harrington? Only the coolest girl in seventh grade. And you got invited? I did. So that makes you cool too now, right? I believe it does. (laughs) Well, how about that? I mean, you live with somebody and you think they're going to stay a curly-haired little runt the rest of their lives. (laughs) Then you turn around and one day they're cool. Hey, wait. Come here. Let me look at you. Come here. (sighs) Whoa. (laughs) I mean, you didn't say you were this cool, Cor. You are so cool, I'm going to have mom cut all the feet off your pajamas because you just may be ready. 
Mr. Julio Iglesias. Classic older brother, build you up, knock you down. Uh, I I have to say. You were the one that did it. (laughs) That's why I said been there. Yeah, no, I was the one on the receiving end of the big brother like, oh, you think you're cool. You think you're something. You know, that may be why I very rarely see my youngest brother these days, but I digress. Uh, (laughs) I I have to say, I was watching this episode last night (laughs) and I made the mistake of eating a bowl of cereal during the scene. (laughs) When Corey tells Eric his deodorant's down his pants and Eric says, you're sick. I almost spit a a mouthful of cereal. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's just perfect comedic timing between these two. But Corey doesn't understand why Eric may be saying that he just doesn't want to smell. <laughs> That's all he knows. Sometimes yeah. I smell down there. I don't want to smell down there. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Corey doesn't want to take any chances. He swallowed he swallowed mouthwash to make sure if he burps, it's minty fresh. Corey, Eric kind of likes that idea. Kids, you should never, ever swallow mouthwash. No, no bad idea. Ever. Bad idea. <laughs> Don't don't follow Corey's advice. <laughs> Do you think this uh, rampaging stallion is a uh, Rocky reference? Uh, I think it's very possible. <laughs> I, I think someone in the writers' room probably uh, probably had that idea in mind. I mean, clearly it's a fake company or fake oh, clone title because they always are. And he rubs it all over his head. <laughs> yeah, he just I don't understand. Also, like. I don't know about you, but I learned very early on that any aftershave, cologne, any of that stuff, you'd be very careful how much you're putting on because you could easily yeah. smell worse with it on than without. A dabble, do you? I mean, when he goes downstairs in a moment, what's that smell? Oh my God, I'm rotting. <laughs> yeah, so this is a point where Corey informs Alan and Amy that. He- Sean's not going. Yeah. This is an interesting conversation, I thought. Because, you know, Amy is very much under the impression of, oh, you're going. That means Sean must also be going. Yeah, we'll pick him up on the way. Go let him know. I'm like, nope, he's not going. He apparently wasn't cool enough. I, I like how Alan reminds Corey that it's cool not to forget who his real friends are or to remember who his real friends are. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got this new, new cool status, it's just it's it's simple. You know, he's his. You know, Corey's going to a party without his friend. He's made the statement that he's cool, that he's going to a party, and you know, and you know, it's just it's it's just simple. For lack of better wording, it's that leap in expectation that a seventh grader can only make mm-hmm. of I got invited by a cool girl. So clearly I am now cool. My friend who I think is cool did not get invited. So clearly he is not cool. Yep. And I can't wait for this uh, little bubble to burst on Corey. Let's see how long it takes because Melissa very oddly announces Corey's arrival to her parents. It's five, four, three, two, <laughs> two, one. Now, before we get to the bubble burst, I want to point out some of the other guys at this party that Corey realizes are not as cool as him. Uh, we've got Alvin 
played by Lucas Jackson. He last played Lemke mm-hmm. in Back to School, the season premiere. This is his last Boy Meets World appearance and his last acting appearance in Hollywood. We've got Simon, played by Jonathan C. Kaplan. We saw him as Herbert in Back to School, and he will return as Alvin twice more in season two. And we've got Ubaldo, played by Philip Glasser. This is his only appearance in Boy Meets World. He has 38 acting credits to his name, last seen in 2007. He was the voice, in 2007, the voice of Fievel Mouskowitz in the American Tale video game. Huh. And he was that voice because he was also the voice of Fievel in the movie An American Tale. And all the subsequent movies. Interesting. Uh, He has also appeared in Hangtime, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Saved by the Bell, The New Class, and lots of voice uh, voice acting for cartoons. And even played the role of young Danny Tanner in one episode of Full House. So a lot of uh, TGIF and other ABC connections there. And so Corey gets to look around, sees all these faces... And realizes it's a key party. Not good. Not the good. The bubbles at all. burst. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, I'm gonna open the soapbox now. All right. So I get that her parents didn't want to invite certain boys because they were dangerous, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't trust them. And I can understand inviting Corey because Corey has been established, even though every now and then he makes poor choices and he does dumb things. He is someone who is from a good family. People like his family. And so outside of the time in which he is allowed to express himself and explore, for the most part, he could be considered a good kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as uh, as Melissa puts it, totally PA, parentally acceptable, which is as bad as it gets in high school yes but my problem is is the other guys in which are there Mm -hmm. the completely nerdy geeky guys who i really feel like this girl would not have invited whatsoever even if they were the only ones approved on the list Mm -hmm. from my vantage point i can see Corey getting invited yeah but there would be a bunch of other people there as well because the moment that she would invite Alvin, Simon, Ubaldo, and the other guys that aren't named there, it would ruin her party. So why would she invite them? Mm-hmm. There, There is some logical fallacy at play there and and they try to explain it away with you know once once all the cool guys are nixed then none of the girls show up and all that's left left is all of these geeks but again it raises the question why were they on the list in the first place if all of the right the hubbub was this is the first party of the year it's the cool party why were they on the list in the first place if that's what the right. buildup was well, and the thing is, is that like, again, just going based on my experience, uh, you know, there are people who would just do things themselves, like a certain cluster of people that were like, quote unquote, cool people. But a lot of times girls would hang out together and have a sleepover or just 
not even call it sleep, but we're just, you know, staying at one person's house. And then another collection of guys would be at a different house. And every now and then they would, you know, sneak away and co-mingle and whatnot. And they would just talk to each other. And that's all that would happen. And it just feels like they are going for that PG, more G of, you know, it's got to be at a party. Hand note has to go out. You know, can't have these dangerous boys there, blah, blah, blah. Like, for the most part, people that would have these type of parties where it would be intermixed, like, the parents didn't care who was there. Mm-hmm. And they, they could, there could be one line of dialogue that could have fixed all this. If there was something in there about, I, I threw some other parentally acceptable names on the list just to throw them off the off the trail to show that I had a, a, a good cross section but it backfired mm-hmm. yeah it almost feels like she could have made it clear of like she threw these guys out there to prove a point to her parents and her parents called her bluff and her friends also called her bluff yeah yeah, just just a line or two of dialogue would have made it a little bit more believable. More, yeah, it it kind of falls apart a little bit for me too. Yeah, but Corey does have a small moment where he could cross a line and could make this party more he interesting. Does. He really does. He's almost danger boy, and you know he gets. <laughs> but kudos to him. He's his response is Corey. What are you doing? I'm in over my head here. <laughs> yeah. Again, oh, if you haven't watched the episode yet, pause it and go watch the episode. It's visual. I can't communicate it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I I like how they make it clear that Sean was the first person off the list. And after mm-hmm. Sean was off the list, it made it easier to get other dangerous boys off the list. And then none of the, her girlfriends wanted to show up. Yeah. And I find it interesting that that Jennifer, who might not have even made the party list, is the one that comes in and tells her about this other cool party that she leaves mm-hmm. for. And then after they leave, I, I like, I really love uh, when Corey goes over and <laughs> and the nerds are practicing spin the bottle. Because, um, you know, that's what nerds do, just in case girls show mm-hmm. up. I really love this interaction they have. Oh, well, we don't mind. We're all friends. Yeah, we like hanging out together. We're very comfortable with what we are. <laughs> parties come and parties go. But you always have your friends. That is why Ubaldo is so cool. It's it's short. It's uncomplicated. Uh, if I could change anything, it would be simply one word. They say we're very comfortable with what we are. Yeah, who we are should I, be. I, I wish they would have said we're very comfortable with who we are. Yep. Granted, it's, it's, to make that years, joke. it's 30 years ago. They're going for the joke of we're nerds and we know it and we're geeks and we uh-huh. know it. But beyond that, if you take that that context out, I love the fact that here's these three these three geeks that Corey looks down on that he himself has physically assaulted on the first day of school at least twice. <laughs> hey, unintentionally bullied. We agreed unintentionally upon that. Bullied. Yes, we agree. <laughs> but here they are teaching him a lesson that mm-hmm. 
they're comfortable with who they are. It doesn't matter to them who's there and who's not. They're with their friends and that's all that matters. Well, there's plenty of people from high school that I had a lot more respect for than the people that are trying to be cool Mm -hmm. because they just knew, hey, I'm not trying to be anybody besides me and who I am is who I want to be. And the people I hang out with are the people I want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the people I always had more respect for. Have you ever uh, scored a 33 billion on a pinball game? Never anywhere close to 33 billion. No. Yeah, that is the highest score I've ever heard of. That's the best score I've ever heard of. In fact, that's the best score I've ever seen. Nobody's going to beat that score for like a million years. Ain't that right, Frankie? What are you saying? Sometimes at night I like to write poetry. No, I'm just saying that, you know, actually, I think that's kind of cool. What are the sonnets? I got to get me some better adjusted guys. <laughs> So this is the point I have to ask. Is Frankie and Joey technically in a minor cult right now? Because whatever Harley says is what they do and what they go with, even if something is impossible, like 33 billion. Yeah, they I, they might be. I mean, look at the last, the last few appearances they've had. I mean, they do whatever he says. They go to great lengths just to keep their, their status and their station. Uh, I mean, when, when eventually, I mean, spoiler alert for a 30 plus year old show, when Harley (laughs) is sent off to reform school, they are completely at a loss for what to do in life. Mm-hmm. And it takes uh, Joey being uh, lost to Frankie for him to finally break free of what am I in this world? Mm-hmm. So you could say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also get that, like, in any form of gangs, they run essentially of one person's in charge and everybody else listens to what they do. And that person who's in charge is the one that says this is what we're doing. So. There's plenty of movies and TV shows about it, so they are is yeah, lackey toadstools. <laughs> yeah, I I do like how in the confusion of what he likes, you he thinks uh, sometimes at night I like to write poetry. No, well actually I think that's kind of cool. What type of poetry are you writing? <laughs> yeah, like it's just that little window into their friendship of you know. Mm-hmm. Who they yeah. are, even even if it's a bad thing in in Joey's mind, he automatically is willing to jump in. Like you know what, even if it's a bad thing, I, I'm I, I'm into it. I, I like. Uh, yeah. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and okay. So real quick, I know we're getting a little close longer on time, but this reminds me of Balkan Skull from the Power Rangers, <laughs> because Balkan Skull at the beginning were quote unquote bullies. But they never really did anything that truly harmed anybody. They were just angry teenagers that lashed out. But the Power Rangers always did something to mess with them, and then they, you know, would lose the day. But there's a point when 
Balk was making fun of music, and later on, he learns that Skull actually knows how to play the piano, knows how to play the piano well, and encourages his friend, and is really excited for his friend, and, you know, doesn't give him a hard time about it, because he sees how cool he it can be through the eyes of his friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I do like the, the relationship between Frankie and Joey, because these two are a little pair that go well together. Now, is it going in the lanes of evil because, you know, both of them see themselves more as criminals together? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's the, a the destination is not a great them. place, but they are good friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, they are. And they're very supportive of each other. Before we get to the 3,000 or 33 billion and the whole poets and all that jazz and great friendship, what's her face? Not Jennifer. Um, Popular girl, blanking on her name. Melissa. Melissa. She decides to ditch her own party and Corey's like, what about me? She goes, don't care. Corey then (laughs) learns that, hey, you can. You know, like yourself for who you are. 33 billion later, great friendship, great conversation we had. And now, uh, Corey shows up to uh, Chubby's. First, First time we're ever time at Chubby's. Go to Chubby's. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It runs into Mr. Turner there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you caught this, but I, I, I've, I've seen this episode many times and I, I don't remember catching this before. But when he runs into Mr. Turner, Har- Harley catches Corey coming down the stairs and he seems to be mm-hmm. coming after him. And when Mr. Turner turns around and mentions Harley him by name, Harley just kind of backs off up the stairs. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a nice little That's background. very well done. Yeah, it's very subtle in the background and unless you're watching for it, you really don't catch it. Just mm-hmm. I, I, I put it down in my notes and yeah, it's just nice little background yeah. notice there. I do love that because it's established very well that he will not mess with him when he's interacting with Turner. English lit and kickboxing. Could I take you? Nah. <laughs> I I do love that, you know, Turner will show up to this spot. It's a spot where mm-hmm. teenagers constantly are. I mean, Mr. Turner doesn't mind the food. Oh, yeah. But I, I think part of the reasons why he's willing to go there and, and eat there is because... That's where a lot of his students are. Mm-hmm. He's a single guy, and while he's getting a burger, if he ends up interacting with one of his students, which he does, and it happens often, you know, I think in his eyes, it's worth his time, mm-hmm. which I don't disagree with. Indeed. Remember that decision thing we talked about? Yeah. I kind of made the wrong one. Yeah, I could have told you that. Then why didn't you? Well, you don't listen in class. You're going to listen in life. <laughs> You're the teacher. I'm supposed to learn from you. Oh, right, right. Teacher, teacher, yeah. Hey, hey, everybody, hand in your homework right now. Sean, your friend's here. Just kidding about the homework. <laughs> good night, everybody. I like how they're trying to make that good night, everybody. Still, oh, yeah. still a thing. <laughs> yeah, just fun little, what, you don't pay attention in class. You're going to pay attention to real mm-hmm. life. <laughs> The thing that bothers me about Girl Meets World, and I can't get into the soapbox too much, but the most influential <laughs> teacher on Corey is Turner, because Turner gets him in a way that Feeney does not. And I think Turner helps him in life more and in, in that confusion and struggle of being a teenager. But yeah, I love how he points out Corey to Sean, and Sean immediately just 
bails on everybody. He does. Yeah. He's like, hey, my best friend's here. I want to talk to him. Exactly. And I, I've got their their whole interaction here, and I, I I clipped it because it's honestly it's foundational to their their friendship here. Yeah. I got an order of chili cheese fries, extra gravy. No, you're too busy with those other guys. What other guys? The other thousand guys at your table. So they'll make room. Sean, they're going to see you talking to me. You know, you've been acting really weird since you got invited to this party. You don't want to hang out with me anymore? I'm a geek! (laughs) Oh, like you didn't know. Corey, what are you talking about? I'm the worst kind of geek. I'm a geek who didn't know he was a geek. Corey? Yeah? Do I hang out with geeks? No, that's why I'm leaving. Come on. You're my best friend, man. You just gotta loosen up. You don't think I'm a geek? Of course not. You think I'm cool? Of course not. (laughs) Then what am I? You're Corey. I'm Sean. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? I need to know how to be cool like you. I'm not cool. Yes, you are. Sean, look around you. I mean, this is the cool party. You are the center of the cool party. This is the cool party? Yes. Let's bail. What? This place is a zoo. Let's bail. Oh, I got it. You're trying to teach me how to be cool. Huh? You're trying to show me that it doesn't matter where you go, because if you're truly cool, wherever you go is the cool place to be, right? Corey? Yeah? Shut up. A very cool thing to say. There's just so much in there that's foundational. Love it. I was just going to say that... uh, what I like about Sean and knowing who he is, all he cares about is that his friend knows that he sees him, he notices him, and that's all he cares about. I just think he sees past the facade of the quote-unquote other cool kids trying to hang out with him because a lot of them he didn't know beforehand. What? Why would he want to waste his time with them? Yeah. You know? The, mo- the more they get to know him, are they going to be as accepting of him? Or is he just considered dangerous? So that's why they're interested. Yeah, the labels aren't necessary to him. You know, I'm not cool. I'm Sean. You're Corey. That's how it's always been. You mm-hmm. know, this, these are friends who've been friends since they were old enough for Sean, young enough for Sean to teach Corey how to pick the lock on his, uh, on his playpen. You know, mm-hmm. he's... He's stuck with him through Cherry Bomb Day. He has forced him to uh, face some hard truths and been there for him on the other side of it. I mean, this this is his best friend, and nothing's mm-hmm. going to change that, even shouting, I'm a geek in the middle of a crowded Chubbies. <laughs> yep. Well, and it gets to that foundation of their friendship. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how other people see them. It doesn't matter what else, you know, is going on. If the two of them get to hang out, that's their preference. And I think, like, one of the things I like about as as you see them continue to progress, this is the way it is forever with them, of them kind of being their own little world around the high school bubble and mm-hmm. them willing to bring other people into that little world but it's not so important to them that everyone is a part of it. 
Mm-hmm. And they're also not trying to be anybody that they're not. Well, Corey's learning not to be anybody he's not. Yes, it's a slow process for him. <laughs> yeah. As it is for many, many adolescents and sometimes yeah. adults. So do we want to even touch the uh, the closing scene or do we just want to say Nick, Nick, cut, uh, that's it? Well, you know, I'll say this much. Hashtag Nick, Nick, cut. If you uh, if you don't want to listen to my uh, addressing it, because I, we've addressed it, we've addressed that storyline throughout. If you don't want to yep. listen to addressing it, skip ahead about. Oh, 45 seconds. Alan's using the grab on the couch. Amy shows off a new catalog purchase and for her next husband. And she finds the one way to finally get through to Alan that life is not over once his back, his body has started to give out. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got some jokes uh, to throw in there. I think I'm regaining some sensation in my legs. But, you know, <laughs> Alan finally comes around to the reality that, yes, I'm getting older, but I, it's not all bad. I'm still here. I'm finally realizing that life is still worth living, even though I'm going to have this shell that is not as strong as it once was. Well, and also to be frank, there's very few things that truly motivate a married man like what Amy is offering. (laughs) Exactly. And there you Which go. For for all the younger <laughs> v- viewers, it's just a conversation they need to have, and they just don't want you to walk in. That's all. It's just a conversation. <laughs> Hashtag release the neck cut. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. But I, I again, this plays into the playful nature of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Which Everything, I love seeing uh, them explore this season. You, you're seeing them more them having scenes together not so much talking about their kids but just in their marriage i like that yeah you get to see them as a married couple as as people not just as parents and that's really Mm -hmm. that's really good to see yeah i mean i think one of the best parts about being married and maybe it's just because it's the way it is in my marriage but my wife and I often try to play with each other. If that means we're joking around with each other a little bit, then that's what we're doing. If it just mm-hmm. means that we're finding a game and we're trying to crush one another. And as long as we're la- both laughing, that's all that matters to me. Yep. And that pod daddy is an episode. That <laughs> uh, is indeed an episode. <laughs> so I believe you may have some deep dives. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Yeah, so let's start with the vitamin E. I couldn't find the specific of the high intense, high, uh, high achieving. High vitamin yeah. E. Basically, just vitamin E is an overall vitamin that just helps with brain, eyes, immune system, and heart health. It's just a way to strengthen each of these different things. That's all it really is. So in like a multivitamin that you may take, vitamin E is a key ingredient in it. It's just all around just to help with making your body work 
just protect itself and, and work a little bit better. Oh, and just for whether or not this makes the final cut or not, vitamin E for, uh, we'll call it virility, was big in the early 90s because uh, there were studies that show it did increase certain things and that certain little blue pill was not available to the public until four years after this episode aired. And I had wondered about that, but I did not see anything specific about it. So, yeah, um, <laughs> let's leave it in. There's advertisements all over the place for those thing and guys smiling. Mr. Feeney was trying to teach about the Pony Express. Interestingly, Pony Express is only in business from April 3rd, 1860 to October 26th, 1861. It was a mail carrying service that went between California to Missouri and just kind of became a legendary thing, essentially a part of the American West. And so just the the lore of it has been a much bigger, much more appealing thing than the actual process and time period that it was together. And, you know, the post office has really destroyed the uses of of, a need of that. So throwing your back out. So generally what it means is a temporary pulling or spraying of a muscle in your back, often in the lumbar region. Uh, There are numerous ways in which you can throw out your back, including twisting your back, uh, lifting heavy objects or overextension while stretching or just you move in the wrong direction and it just goes. Like one of the things I was looking at, I couldn't find the article that I initially had, but basically it said of like any way in which you move your back, that your back just doesn't want to move at that point, that's throwing out your back. And the best thing you can do is rest and recover, but you gotta also get up, you gotta move. If after resting and then trying to move, if it's not getting better and stronger, you gotta go see your doctor. Cause you know, Muscle relaxers is sometimes, you know, a critical thing you need. Indeed. They can be your friend. And we both said we both needed to use them before, so we're comfortable with that. We mentioned that uh, Chubby's is the first time we go and we're at Chubby's. So Chubby's is going to be a staple of the show up until the end of the fifth season. And I found a cool website about it. And I'll probably send it to you just so that way we can put it out there so people can see it if we want. The thing that I figured that we should probably talk about is as the show progresses, random and weird stuff keeps coming up for what's available at Chubby's. And so I have in front of me just the menu as we understand it from Chubby's. And as I go through all of them, you're just like, I feel like we're missing some stuff. Or, like, it doesn't fully make sense. So the first thing, of course, is the turkey chubby with everything. There's a specific episode. We'll get to that one. And then there's uh, Chubby's Famous Hamburger, Chubby's Famous French Fries, Double Chubby Cheese, Clown Burger, which will become one of Corey's most prized uh, possession items there, Chili Cheese Fries, Chunky Monkey Double Fudge Ice Cream, and then, of course, soda. One of my favorite jokes later on this season is when Chubby pours half of a, a cup and he goes, there you go, diet, half the half calories. The calories. 
<laughs> yes. We will learn that there are several different people that are called Chubby over the years. We'll talk about them as we meet them. But essentially, the staff of Chubbies is Chubby the owner, Maria the waitress, and then there's a counterman, and then just a variety of different random staff, bussers and cooks, and people that we don't really always get names of, but is around. To say that there are a lot of important things that happen at Chubby's is an understatement. This set is almost as iconic to Boy Meets World as the Matthews house is, as Feeney's classroom is, as later on the apartment becomes of Eric, Sean, and Jack. Which, if you guys don't know who Jack is yet, again, why are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) You need to watch the show to understand what's happening. A uh, very important thing that you and I need to discuss, not necessarily you and I, but just we need we need to have a quick conversation about is cool. What does it mean to be cool? There's been a couple different studies that have been done about coolness. How do you define it? What does it look like? And so essentially, from what I was looking at, is that for a long time, James Dean, Miles Davis were kind of these symbols of cool. For those of you that don't know, James Dean is a famous actor who tragically died way too young, but often would play these, these young guys didn't care, didn't care about the rules, didn't care what people had to say, you know, would have these emotional scenes in movies, but always, you know, had glasses or would smoke a cigarette and, you know, were dangerous. And you could argue that Sean is a James Dean-like character. Moves his hair a certain way. He's got these emotions building up on the inside. But for the most part, everything is calm, cool, and collected for him. And so again... Many different places have done many different type of research into what it looks like to be cool. And so one of the big things that really stuck out to me uh, looking through the different experiments is kind of just in within the result of what words we can associate with coolness. Now, not all of these like have to go together, but just around about, you know, just kind of part of these architects of going into each other. So stuff like friendly, competent, trendy, desirable, attractive, unconventional, pro-social, helping others, humorous, confident, emotionally controlled, and hedonics. I don't know what that word means. And again, uh, describing more of the word cool, emotionally controlled, hedonis again. Again, I don't know what that means. Understanding irony, rebellious, uh, roughness, thrill-seeking, unconventional, competent, attractive, again with a pro-social confidence, drive for success, friendliness. All in all, I think what we're, we're learning is that the understanding of coolness really is in the eyes of the beholder because someone could be considered cool for things like their willingness to be involved in school politics, their willingness to speak out about issues, their willingness to be kind to other people. You know, people that are up to date on social trends sometimes is big thing on popularity. TikTok nowadays, especially TikTok dances. You see a lot of times that if people can master these dances and master certain moves or doing certain challenges and, and pranks, you know, they see online. You know, it's all these different type of things that come into it. And it's not just about that rebel loner, you know, off in the distance some of that's dangerous. Uh, you know, we're, we're really getting away from that. It's, you know, are you willing to be 
someone that people can be around, someone that is kind and compassionate, or someone that's willing to stick up for the little guy. You know, one of the things I love about my oldest son, Grayson, is even as a little baby in the nursery room at his daycare, would get very frustrated with bigger little babies that would harass and be mean to other smaller ones and would get in the way or make a fuss and try to crawl to and help protect the little ones. It's just, it's something that is innate inside of him. And we've been told many times of him being in trouble because someone else started something and my son was there and finished it. (laughs) I, I don't like the fact that other kids are trying to start fights with him, but I appreciate the fact that he doesn't allow other little ones, smaller people that are smaller than him, to be picked on because he's bigger and can be more of a protector. And he wants to be more of a protector. So yeah, that's all I got for the deep dives. What I learned is that I'm not cool and I'm perfectly fine with that because I'm comfortable (laughs) with who I am. Yeah, I I don't care if I'm cool or not. I'm me. That's all that matters. So. (laughs) You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did you learn this week, Tyler? Oh boy, what did I learn this week? Aside from you're not cool. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think. Well, I I I just think about the storyline with Alan, and kind of going through, and it didn't really click to me until I said it out loud about him kind of going through a bit of a depression, and it's just that aging and how sometimes it can hit us. And I know even though I'm just in my 30s now, because every now and then it hits me of like, gosh, like I'm feeling old, (laughs) like watching all (laughs) these babies become people and um, getting really close to the fact that I will be graduated longer than many students that I interact with on a regular basis is going to be crazy to me. Um, But also in that, I don't want to say it. I I appreciate the depth of the relationship my wife and I have more and more every year. Because mm-hmm. the, the closer that we're getting to the point in which uh, we met and started dating, because we, we met and within a month or two, we started dating. Um, and just the longer that I have time with her, and the less time that I was without her is, is something I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's going to happen next couple of years, but just constantly watching as both her and I are aging and looking at her going, you are even more incredible now than you were when we first met. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that I've been really enjoying as of late, uh, especially just as after having our third son. Um And as we're trying to get our life back in somewhat of order and just trying to be ourselves again. Mm -hmm. So this, this pregnancy was a lot harder and definitely in much more of a funk and trying to get through more than anything else. So what did you learn, Brett? Well, um, definitely was, uh, 
fell into that category of learning from Alan's role. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the other direction and, and speak to our younger audience. Um, I, I remember looking back on my younger years and looking up to a lot of people that I, I thought of as cooler. And um, honestly, you'll never, you'll never feel that you're as cool as everyone else around you, especially mm-hmm. if, especially if you're seeking their approval. Um, so take a lesson from Sean, uh, from Mr. Turner and from, <laughs> from Yobaldo and Simon and Alvin, be comfortable with who you are, uh, with who you've been made to be. Uh, and even with what you are, with what your role is in the, in the society that you are within, um, your role in life, your identity in life is not formed by the people around you. It's not crafted by what people tell you you are or who people tell you you are to be. It's formed and crafted by what is within you and what you've been created to be and who you've been created to be. So don't worry about being cool. Don't worry about being what other people tell you to be or fitting into a box or a checklist of of uh, identity uh, that you think you need to be or what you think you need to be to feel comfortable. Be what you are supposed be, be who you were created to be. Don't worry about being cool. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's what I always look back to. That's, yeah, I, I learned, I learned early on to follow that, that message. And I, I am forever grateful for it. So it's good yeah. to look back and, and see it at play. Yeah. The best thing you can be is yourself. And the yeah. more you can learn who you who yourself is, the better off you're going to be. And mm-hmm. the people that truly like you and care about you will be around as long as they know who you are. Yep. Clichés are clichés for a reason. They're often more true than you realize. <laughs> yep. So, Tyler, let's grade this. Uh, what grade do you give the uninvited? Uh, or do you want me to go first? I don't know. Yeah, why don't you go first? All right. I'm going to give The Uninvited an A-. minus. Uh, it's a solid story with a solid message. There's just a couple of little things uh, we already talked about, like the uh, some of the inconsistencies with the party that just kind of bring it down a little bit. But overall, I, I really like the way that it that it shakes out, and I really like what Corey and Sean walk away with. So, A minus for me. So you know that episode of The Office where you learn that Michael Scott sometimes makes promises he cannot keep, and you cringe the whole time as you're going, just stop, just don't say another word, just leave it be, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of those episodes for me because I watch as Corey and, and as I've 
already said many a times, I am Corey. I see my life through the lens of Corey Matthews. I've seen myself get really excited about parties that I may or may not be invited to as I show up and learning I wasn't really supposed to be there and all those things. Just... I just am so cringy as I watch it. And there's such a great message to this episode and such a great moment with Corey and Sean. I'm going to go with a C plus. Okay. I, I can't help but get, uh, but feel the ick as I watch this episode and it's mostly just because of me and it's personal <laughs> more than it is anything to do with the actual show. Uh, this is why I try to explain to people when they come on of what is your rubric? There is no rubric. It's just, how do you feel as you watch this episode? And I just, <laughs> this is to me, a black eye episode of this season of just, I hate this episode. I always want to go past it. I, easily could have convinced myself to make it a deep D plus, but through some of our conversation and also just that core foundation of who they are as characters and their friendship, I can't go anything less than a C plus. And also we meet chubbies and chubbies is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. <laughs> this was painful. This is almost as bad as a uh, pre-union. <laughs> All right. Well, good-looking people, there you have it. Except I need a dad joke. Yeah. All right, I got an uh in light of uh Al Matthews feeling old. I got a, a dad joke for you about uh, getting old. All right. Old age isn't so bad when you consider the alternative. <laughs> but I'll, oh, yeah. I'll let you think about that at home, dear viewers. <laughs> All right. And with that, that's an episode. <laughs> and that is an episode, good looking people. So. You can find us all over the interwebs. (laughs) You can find us online on social media at Dad's Meat World. You can send us emails. Tell us uh, if you like our guests and uh, if we should bring them back. Uh, Give us, uh, send us an email. Send us, drop us a message. Send us a five-star review that uh, will tell other people to, to listen to us. And uh, yeah, yeah, and we will be. If you're back. dealing with some cold coldness and uh, some sore throats, let's uh, know your <laughs> remedies, because clearly I'm not doing well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and we will be back next week. So good looking yes. people. We'll see you next week, Tyler. I'll see you next week. Take lots and lots of cold medicine. I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> All right, go to bed. See you, good looking. (laughs) After you, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.
Okay, I hope you edit out some of this death space. <laughs> oh, I always do. <laughs> Except for when I put it in the bloopers. <laughs> Title, because they always are. Bye. <coughs> it's okay. I'm just dying a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Just a reminder, good looking people. Dang, go. When your lungs <laughs> fill up with liquid, make sure that they're vented by the very best puncture wounds. <laughs>